podcast about product management, user experience design, technology, and more. This is Product by Design. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle Evans and joined today by another guest, Dan Hafner. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. It's like to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Dan, let me introduce you really quick and then let us, and then you can tell us more about uh, yourself. But Dan focuses on mobile app development and marketing for entrepreneurs and startups, which there's probably a lot to unpack there. So excited to have you on the show and excited to talk more about that. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack there. Um, so I live, uh, here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We were just talking before the, the recent three mile Island thing that just got released on Netflix. I live right across the street from that. So that's like my little fun, interesting fact that I tell people, um, live here with my wife. Uh, we've been married about four, just over four years now. Uh, no kids, uh, maybe some on the way here soon. We're, we're kind of getting to that point. Um, but we do have three dogs, so they kind of act as our de facto children right now. And they're a lot of need a lot of attention, but, uh, but yeah, my wife works in the medical field. So we've, we've moved around with her med school and fellowship and residency. Um, so it got a little bit tough for me to hold down a job over those years. So (laughs) I went into business for myself and, uh, what attracted me was just kind of an idea one day to build an app. And I really had no idea what I was doing or how to actually do it. And it started just kind of a, a quirky little hobby of mine trying to figure it out. And it eventually turned into a full-fledged business and career. So that's been, that's like the super abridged version <laughs> of how I got started with it. Um, but it's been fun. It's been such a, oh, it's like a learning experience, you know, just a personal development uh course in itself and stuff. So, uh, but I'm having fun. I'm having, I'm I'm loving life right now. Awesome. Well, that is really interesting and I'm excited to kind of dive into more of that. Uh, but before we do, uh, you mentioned, you know, the three dogs, what kind of dogs do you have? So we have two little chihuahuas. Um, yeah, they're two little, they're older. Uh, we got those a while ago and then we got this, uh, (laughs) this knucklehead over here. He (laughs) is a golden retriever. Uh, Aussie shepherd mix. He's got blue eyes. He's, uh, uh, very white. I mean, he's, he's a really good, really good dog. Um, he got sprayed by a skunk the other day <laughs> for the second time in like two months because he can't help from chasing things in our yard. Um, but he's my running buddy. He's he's a good, he's a good boy. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, we've got a golden retriever as well. And that's always worried me the skunks we you know fortunately we don't have too many skunks uh where we are right now but the fact that uh he is the kind of dog and i think probably golden retrievers in general who are just curious and friendly and would just be like you look like you're somebody who wants to play i'm gonna come play with you skunk and would just get sprayed so like that doesn't surprise me at all i feel like our dog would do the exact same thing multiple times probably I mean, if you need a formula to get the smell out, let me know because we're getting pretty good at uh, making that concoction uh, (laughs) because he did it twice in two months. I can't believe it. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah, the the joys of of the dogs, right? That's 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but good, uh, good news that you're getting, I guess, skilled at, at taking care of it. You know, yeah, you become an old man. Skilled <laughs> yeah. at, but, you know, yeah. such is life. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, let's, let's dive more into, you know, some of the, the mobile app development and I'm interested in, you know, kind of your journey. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the background and, and kind of what brought you to it, uh, the moving around, and, you know, kind of going into business and, and the interest for yourself. But, you know, why maybe you can tell us a little bit more about the journey and why specifically the focus for you on mobile apps over, you know, other types of development and you know, what kind of brought you to to where you are specifically? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I kind of started down this down this path. I think a lot of, a lot of people maybe uh, through through like Russell Brunson, through those types of uh, people, you know, I kind of got into the, the funnel scene and, um, even like Facebook ads and, and, you know, website building and those types of things. It was funny because I never, I never wanted to be technical. Like I always, I remember being in high school being like, I'm not going to have a job or I sit in front of a computer and like little did I know the, how the world was going to be, you know? And then when I, when I finally decided to, to like transition into just doing apps, like I kind of was faced with that decision of, well, I could do some ads. I could do funnels. I could do a lot of different things. Right. I was like, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't want to do all that stuff. Like what I do is it involves enough work as it is. And, and the reason it, it had gravitated to me or I gravitated to it, I should say, was when I kind of discovered this world of no coding um, and the, you know, the drag and drop, you know, the point and click type of capabilities that this new software offers. And just like the endless possibilities that it that it provides, as well as I think as entrepreneurs, we're all kind of geared to solve problems. Um, and that uh, inside of software development, that's all you're doing all the time is, is solving problems, figuring out um, how am I going to take this real world application and boil it down into a repeatable software process, right? Um, and just something about that was just kind of romantic to me. It was just kind of like, hmm, like this is a, this is something kind of worth pursuing. But then also, I really like the game of marketing. I really like the game of persuasion and sales and connecting with people. Um, because what, what's the good in building something if no one's ever going to use it or see it, right? Um, so really learning how to enroll people into your, into your software, into your app, into your world um, is a lot harder than it seems, right? People think like, oh, I'm just going to build something and the, the world's going to think it's the greatest thing ever. And it's like, well, no one really cares. You have to show people why they should care, you know? So it's just, it's just a fascinating dynamic to me. Cause I mean, there's, there's so many stories. I mean, mm -hmm. think about Instagram, Snapchat, um, you know, literally billion dollar businesses, Twitter, like there's incredible business structures you can build off the back of, software and apps and things like that. Um, it just, it just fascinates me. It's just, it's so incredible. Yeah. I, and I want to, I want to kind of uh, pull on one of those threads that or a couple of the threads actually that, um, that you brought up there on, uh, specifically, uh, well, uh, we'll, we'll dive into a couple of them, but you know, towards uh, the end there, you know, you were talking about the fact that, you know, you can't just build something and, and people will come, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. What goes into, you know, making 
something successful because obviously, you know, building it is, is one part and, and we'll kind of dive more into that, but you know, how, how do you go about that? And you know, what are, what are some of the ways that you found, you know, once it's, once it's been done, um, actually, you know, getting people to use, uh, the thing that you have created or, or the things that, that you've created. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's a million different ways you can do what you're, what you need to do. Right. I mean, it, it really depends on the product. It depends on, uh, what, what the outcome is, what, what you're trying to accomplish. Right. But I think universally, um, there's always room for hype. There's always room for getting people excited, creating that buzz. Right. Um, and there's a bunch of different things you can do there when it comes to social media, when it comes to, uh, content creation, that kind of stuff. Um, I like to, um, I like to create buzz. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of creating so much buzz. Um, just because I've seen a couple of times where, you know, you can, you can kind of flop pretty hard <laughs> if, if you don't have everything, you know, structured the right way up front. Um, but there are, there's kind of a specific formula, especially when it comes to apps that we follow, um, where, it, it's really an organic process where you, I mean, you can always do paid ads for just about anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when it comes to actually getting something to quote unquote, go viral, um, there are actually repeatable things you can do when it comes to getting you know noticed on the app stores on Google play, um, you know, getting in front of influencers and those types of people who are going to get in front of your ideal people. Um, so, I mean, we do, we do a lot, about that, um, when it comes to getting that product in front of people. But then again, you have to stay focused on the messaging. You have to stay focused on the problem that your thing is actually solving, you know? Um, because a lot of people just think they're going to go out and start marketing to the, to the whole world. And that's what fails, right? We always say like, you got to start with a niche, you got to start more specific, and then you reach out from there. So I, I always have to rein people in sometimes when they want to just go out and like market and do all this stuff. I'm like, well, hold on. like, let's, let's get very, let's specify our messaging before we try to be like, we're the next Uber of whatever, yep. you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of what I like to do. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And is, it's really such an important part of any software creation. I feel like is it's easy to think that, you know, you're creating for everyone, but if you're doing that, you know, basically you're not creating for anyone because, you know, the whole world can't be your target market. Um, you know, it has to be a lot more specific than that, especially early on. So kind of going back a little bit, how do you think about the design and creation of, of mobile apps as, you know, as you're beginning, you know, kind of the, the initial phases and, and really starting to create something either from scratch or, or, you know, from, from templates or, or, or whatever it is, you know, how do you go about that? What are some of the things that you're thinking about as you're creating them? And how does that differ from, you know, other types of software development, you know, maybe differ from web development or, you know, other types of software. Can you, can you kind of walk us through that and, and kind of the thought process? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very good question. So, um, it's kind of funny. I, I heard this term recently and I, I've, I've kind of stolen it. I heard somebody say that they were, they were design impaired <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's, that's me. Cause, cause to be honest, like I am, I, I outsource a lot of the design. Um, I'm, I'm very bad with art. I'm, I am more of a user experience type of person, right? I'm always thinking through the, the experience 
that and that an end user is going to have with this product, right? Because user experience is really one of the keys. Like you can have, you can get away with a, a more clunky product or a beta or an MVP type of software if the experience still helps them solve a problem and the experience is okay, right? You can get away with not as great design if your experience is just like better, right? But if your if your user experience and your user journey sucks, then mm-hmm. you're kind of screwed, yeah. right? So. I'm actually a fan of, and I, and I catch, I, I, I catch myself with this with clients. Sometimes there, there are clients that come in that, that are all about the design. Like mm-hmm. I'm working with a lady right now. Like she's all about the design. She's sending me like, you know, icons and fonts and colors and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, how should your app actually work? Like what, what problem are we solving here? You know what I mean? Um, what we, what I like to do is, is always keep that in mind, like keep in mind, the outcome that you are, you're trying to facilitate with people and make sure you have all those bases covered of like, Hey, when I click on this thing, you know, this data populates, or when I click on this thing, this should work and I should go here and this should, this should happen. Right. And then it's easier. I think at that point to go back and redesign things, that's just kind of the way I like to do it. Um, Because if you get caught in designing as you, as you build, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, do you, do you, do you interior decorate a home before it's built? <laughs> no, you kind of wait till it's done. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it kind of goes the same with that because a lot of that can be changed very, very quickly. Um, and I do, I am a huge fan of templates. I mean, templates are a great starting point for a lot of people that we work with because a lot of that work is already done. It's done for you. You know what I mean? Like fonts and colors and, um, and text sizes and all that is kind of already pre-configured. So it takes a lot of that work out of there. And that way, if you want to go back in, you want to change that globally, you can go back and see like, okay, I kind of see where this could be better on a mobile device or this could, you know, do, do with whatever. And you go and change that in one place and then boom, it updates globally. And you're like, Oh wow, that, that looks a lot better. That feels a lot better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's just kind of, you know, the, the unique, process I go through. But again, like I said, I am design impaired. Um, so it's, it's definitely not my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's really interesting and really good uh, because it's easy. I feel like a lot of times it's easy to get maybe too bogged down in the, a lot of the details of the visual design and in doing that lose a lot of the experience and some of the more important parts, like you were saying, that how is it solving the actual user problem and how are they experiencing it and how, you know, how is it functioning, which is a really important part of the design. And then, you know, there's the visual aspects, which, you know, when we say design often, that's kind of where the first place where our mind goes, but, you know, understanding that like those things, while they're the things that we see, they aren't, they may not have like the, the biggest impact on, uh, our users. And so like, as, as fun as it is to like see the beautiful, like d- designs on dribble and all of these things, like, and people do amazing designs, like just pulling that and putting it into either your app or your website without, like you said, without having the right user experience is going to fall flat when it comes to solving the actual problem. So that's, I I love that a lot and have seen that in like 
our some of our own thinking as we go through and, and make things. And then we could probably like spin out some examples of apps or websites or software that was like really visually appealing, but just like fell flat. Maybe we'll save that for the end or, or we won't call anybody out specifically just yet. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe a little I mean, bit it's later. Good. Yeah. Cause I mean, but you know, in the same vein, design is part of the experience, Yeah. right? Like if you, you can't just expect to like, if I click on something and I'm on the next page, just the whole page is just one big button. Yep. Like that's not very, that's not very user experience wise. So, so it is tied into there. And that's, and that, again, that's why I'm such a fan of templates. A lot of times mm-hmm. is because a lot of that is done for you. You can still change it. You can tweak it. You can do a little bit of stuff with it. Um, because it is like, like I said, I think the experience is definitely something I prioritize. But the design is part of the experience mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. just, yeah. Awesome. So who, I, I want to ask um, to who benefits from a mobile app over, you know, maybe just a website. You mentioned that, you know, you work with a lot of clients and creating a lot of, um, you know, mobile apps. Who benefits from that? And, you know, who are, are some of these groups or people or companies that you're working with? And, you know, what are they, what are they looking to get that you know, maybe is in addition to you know just having a a web presence. What are they looking for over just a web presence, for example? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, so a lot of the people that we work with are really kind of in the the coaching slash consulting expert type of space, and what they're really looking to do is take like everything that they offer and everything that they have and put it in one place right? Like to really kind of put all their content, their community and their marketing, their sales, memberships, all that stuff into one place. Cause what I started to notice, and this is kind of how I got into this quote unquote niche was that there's all these people that have different systems all over the place. Like you probably, you probably have some kind of web presence, right? A website that you use. Um, you have your Facebook group, you might have like a TikTok channel or, or something like that. And you might have like Kajabi or Teachable where your content is stored, but they, they all, they're all separate. They, they don't talk to each other. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where I noticed this opportunity of, well, like, what if we could put all that into one place? Like, so everything's just, you just click a button with, you know, a little icon on it on your phone. And I have the community, I have the Facebook stuff. I have your courses. I have your membership stuff. I have your mastermind. I have, your, your free content, all that kind of stuff in one place. Right. Um, so that's, that's a super beneficial way of using this. If, if you're in the, the coaching or the expert space, even authors, speakers, yeah. people like that. Um, and then the difference between a, you know, just having a web presence and an app presence, um, think about a website is kind of passive, right? It's almost like you, you go out there and you do blogs, you do content, you push people to your website and a website's configured to be a, a receiving type of marketing channel, right? You get people to opt in, you get, um, but I mean, it's not, it's not something you can like just go and, and push out there. Obviously mm-hmm. you can, you can market your website, but what I'm saying is an app can do the same thing because you can get people to download it. You can get people, you, you put it out there to get marketed. But now once you have people in your app, you can market to them. The app becomes an outbound marketing thing. You can send those little push notifications, right? You can get people to opt in for text messages. You can build your text messaging list. So it becomes an outbound marketing channel, which a website really can't do, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's one key difference that I like to get people to think about because a lot of people are just like, well, my website's mobile friendly. That's mm-hmm. kind of my app. And I'm like, well, not really. But I mean, if, if that's, if that's what you want it to be, then that's fine. You know? Um, so that's just kind of one key differentiator there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and that's, that's an interesting, uh, especially for some of those groups, which it would make a lot of sense to have a much more interactive presence and, and interactive capability, uh, for both the commute for community and for content and for all of those things, like pulling it together and, you know, being able to, especially with the, uh, creator economy being so much bigger and becoming so much bigger over the last little while and, and, um, being so much more influential. I, I almost wonder if that's not something that we'll see more and more of like going forward, um, not just being part of, you know, some of these different platforms of being able to like create and, and push content, but, you know, being able to own some of that content in a more meaningful way in this way. I don't know. I'm just kind of like spitballing things now, like as it, as it came to me, as you were kind of talking about it, but that's, uh, you know, maybe not everybody with their own app, but, um, if it more, maybe more and more people who, who have like the content and have the need for that sort of thing of pulling all of these things together that they do and, and, and being able to kind of push that forward, uh, in a, in a more creative way. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting possibility. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, one of the key things about it is you own your thing. You know what I mean? Like you can grow a Facebook group to hundreds of thousands of people, but at the end of the day, you don't really own it. Yep. You know what I mean? Facebook owns that group and it could be taken away at any point in time, you know, for whatever reason that actually happened to one of my clients. You know what I mean? So, um, it's, it's, it's a long shot that might not happen, but it could, you know, so that's something to think about. That was his motivation to be like, Hey, I need to put all this in one. Cause I don't want the, if I get ripped off of Facebook again, like I, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? So just something to think about. Yep. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, maybe you can kind of tell us, uh, some of the success stories that, that you've seen in, uh, either individuals or businesses kind of creating and launching, uh, you know, some of these, mobile apps that, that you've helped them, uh, create and, and market themselves. Like what have been some of the changes that you've seen and, and some of the successful success stories or successful launches that, that you've been able to kind of help out with? Yeah. Um, one I love to brag on all the time. Uh, her name's Jessica. She has this app called feel for your life. Um, it is actually a breast cancer, um, and educational awareness app. Um, it's actually, I think she said the first of her kind by a breast cancer survivor. So it's really, really cool. She got featured on good morning America. Um, like all kinds of really, really cool stuff that she was able to do. Um, I mean, she literally, I think she had a list of almost zero people when she started, it was very, very small. And through the, the marketing efforts that we put into getting her app launched, Um, I mean, she, she brought in like almost 5,000 people in like a few weeks. Um, like it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was, it wasn't anything like super, super viral or anything. Um, but for her, like that was, that was incredible. Like that was super awesome, right. To be able to go out there and especially during breast cancer awareness month, like last October when all this was going on, um, like that was really, really cool because it was something that she had dreamt about for so long. And then to be able to be a part of that and to see it kind of just 
go viral in its own way um, was really was really awesome because I mean she was able to just she's talking about um, investments and um, actually getting laws passed that like kind of affect um, you know access to healthcare and, and breast cancer stuff and just all that kind of stuff so off the back of this project. Um, so that's one of my favorite ones to brag on. Um, there was another client we had, she, so she was, um, she had a lot smaller of a launch, but hers was really, she wanted to, um, really just save time. (laughs) She was, she was stuck with like her fulfillment and stuff. Uh, she had like 25 years of worth of content and clients. And like, she had so much stuff. Like I still cringe when I see like the file she sent over. It was nuts. Right. Um, but she did meditations and audios and, and that kind of stuff. And what we were able to do is kind of put that all into a systematic app for her. Um, because she would get clients reaching out to her one-on-one like, Hey, where can I do this? How can I do that? And it, it was like Reiki and like that kind of stuff. And I mean, it saved her like hours a day because she was always just posting stuff, doing stuff one-on-one with clients. And then she was able to just be like, yeah, go into the app and do this, go into the app and go to this thing. You know what I mean? Um, so that was, that was really cool for her. She hasn't really used it as like a marketing tool for her business, but what she did was she used it as a backend fulfillment piece, which is perfectly fine as well. Right. She took all, she migrated all her clients into there. It was just like, Hey, use the app now. Like, she multiplied herself and she didn't really even lose anybody because they were like, Oh, this is so much cooler. I can do it on demand. I can access you in my pocket, you know? Um, so those are two that I really like to highlight cause it's, they're a little bit different. You know, one was marketing, one was fulfillment um, because you can use it for one or the other or even both. Very, very nice. Uh, that's both of those sound, sound uh, really, really interesting. How do you go about creating a, a successful launch of, of some of these apps, you know, we, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but you with some of these success stories, was there something specific that, you know, they were able to do, you know, you talked about getting on good morning America and, and some of, and, you know, kind of moving a lot of the content over uh, with them or some other, uh, you know, clients that you work with, are there specific things that you can do to kind of really make a launch successful as you kind of create it and then get out there and go to market? Yeah. And, and I will say just up front, that's, that's not really something that's included when, when we work with people, that's yeah. kind of an add on thing. There's <laughs> a lot of work that goes into that sure. just up front. Um, but when it comes to that, yeah, I mean, even, um, so when she, for her getting featured on, on things like that, like those were connections that mm-hmm. she had and things that she was able to pull on, which just worked to her advantage. Um, but for people who don't have that, right. I mean, there are a lot of different things that we can do. And a lot of it comes down to organic stuff, like I said, really prepping almost 30 to 60 days before the actual launch time, um, you know, putting together email files and templates of getting people to download it, um, lining up podcast, um, you know, appearances and, um, really even just kind of, they make it really, really easy to do almost like search ads inside of Apple itself. Um, so that's actually one thing we're working on getting like certified as and stuff like that too. Um, but you know, viral videos, um, you know, little shorts and reels like that on Facebook now or something we're experimenting with. Um, and then really a lot of it takes place after the launch It is when, when a lot of that becomes 
even more important because you have to keep that momentum going. Um, so we have things built into the software that prompt people for reviews and prompt users to be like, hey, can you give us a rating? Um, because that's something that algorithmically grows, just like a podcast, right? Like Apple will will rank those higher and higher as it goes. Um, so you can continue, continually ask people to be like, hey, can you do that? And there's other, you know, things we plug, um, free services that we plug people's apps into yep. that, you know, drive more downloads and drive uh, more reviews and ratings and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of just plugging you into that that system of like, let's pour the gas on the fire now. Let's Let's go. Very neat. You know, speaking of mobile in general and, you know, some of the, you know, the things that we've been talking about and that you've seen over, you know, the course of, of your work and, and what you see coming down the pike, you know, what have been some of the major changes uh, with mobile apps that you have seen and, you know, what changes do you see coming on the horizon um, in, you know, whether it's apps in general or just mobile in general, in the work that you're doing and, and how that will impact, uh, you know, the way that we interact, I guess, with mobile apps or our devices or, you know, just the technology in general? Mm, that's a good question. I need to get asked that one. You know, I think one of the big things that's growing, I mean, it's not only just in mobile apps, but even on the internet and, and apps are just kind of part of this is video content. I mean, look what happened with TikTok. You know what I mean? Like, these, these, I mean, Facebook is doing reels like this, like that, that short viral video content is something like I've never really seen before. Like it's, it's incredible how fast that stuff can go when you have, you know, like the right type of content and yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, that's, that's more of a marketing aspect, but I mean, inside of, inside of mobile apps, um, I think what's very, very interesting of something that's coming up, it's actually a class action lawsuit that's taking place against Apple at the moment. Um, is the is this ability to, you know, this 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 wondering of whether you can actually charge people in-app purchases or not, um, because that's like fifteen to thirty percent of your revenue, um, which has always been interesting that apps like Netflix and Spotify and the bigger guys like don't really have to yeah. pay that, but like the little guys do. Um, so I'm very very interested to see where that goes. Um, because that could that could really be a huge shift. Because if that if that is overturned or if that's changed, um, I mean that will literally give almost everyone like literally no excuse to just like have their sales done through some type of app. Because that's always been something that people struggle with. Is like, well, I don't want to sell my program on here because I'm going to give thirty percent to Apple kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of like a business related thing. But yeah, I think. I think the um, AI and this and, and all this Web three, this NFT stuff is going to be really, really big into things in the future. Um, especially, like I'm really interested to see where it goes with course creation, with online content creation, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's something we're looking into as far as how we can incorporate that, and you know, crypto and and all this different new things that nobody really kind of has that big of a handle on right now. Um, so there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff and changing environments and stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I totally agree. Um, especially around the, the app store tax, like how that's beginning to crumble and, and how, how much further that will crumble over the next little while. Super interesting stuff. Um, and this has been a really, uh, really great conversation on, 
uh, mobile and mobile apps in general. Um, before I switch to kind of our our last section and and kind of the last couple of questions I have for you, anything else? I guess any final thoughts on mobile development or the landscape or um, you know anything else to kind of do with what we've been talking about? You know, I, I guess the the one thing I would add is this this world of of no coding is is very interesting, and I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as the as the you know the years go. But one thing I found out is it it isn't as easy as people market <laughs> it to be. You know what I mean? I've yeah. even I've been guilty of that myself too. I usually tell people if you can if you can copy and paste and you can point and click, you can build an app. Uh, which is technically true. It's not lying, um, but it, there's a lot of strategic thought. There's a lot of of forethought that is involved in actually building something like we were talking about at the beginning. And um, I think if people approach it with the idea of, oh, I'll just do this and I'll make the next thing and it'll just solve all my problems, like that, that's not the right way to think about it. Um, because even though you might dive into something like that, um, a lot of times people often find themselves needing help and that's kind of yeah. what, that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, no coding is, it's definitely another thing you have to learn. It's another, uh, it does, it's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's definitely a lot easier. Um, yeah. but that's just one thought I have for people who are like considering this or looking into it is it does take a lot of time. Like a lot of my day is figuring out how all this stuff works and nuances so I can be ahead of the curve and things like that. So, um, it's a, it's a different animal for sure. Yeah, no, that's, it's a super good thing to be thinking about because I think the no code, uh, movement and, and everything that's kind of going into that is, uh, it, it's awesome stuff and really kind of almost, uh, making it so much easier to get into, uh, the development of software and applications and everything. But, you know, it's, it's still, like you said, not point and click uh, and create, I guess, uh, not quite that simple. You know, maybe eventually one day it will be that simple um, for for everything. As of yet, there's still many, many things that it is. It doesn't require you to code, but it definitely is not uh, like as simple <laughs> as, it, yeah. as it potentially is made out to be just yet. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Dan, this has been uh, a, an amazing conversation and and really appreciate it. I'm going to end with uh, a couple kind of last questions on, uh, you know, we usually do some shout outs and, and gripes if you have them. And so I, I'll, I'll start off with uh, if there's anything interesting that you have been reading or watching or listening to lately. I mean, I did the the last uh, thing that I did watch was um, was the Three Mile Island documentary, <laughs> uh, which was pretty funny, um, you know, because I live like right across the street from it, literally. Um, so that that's pretty interesting, but it's also kind of interesting for me to see how all that that happened. But I also talked to my neighbors who lived here during the time, and they kind of said a lot of that was kind of overblown and like different. So it's it's very interesting to me to see kind of how they dramatize things. So I guess that's kind of kind of my gripe with it because I was watching it and I was like, dude, if this is true this is nuts. This is truly terrifying. And then the neighbors were kind of like, well, it wasn't all that they said on there. And, I, and the one guy actually worked there during the time. So I was kind of like, mm, okay, that's disappointing. 
yeah. but uh, that's also probably good. <laughs> that's okay. I I love this because I think it's super interesting. I saw a tweet just like yesterday, or the day before, of like how it's the older you get, the the more interesting it becomes that uh, to kind of get this historical takes on things that you actually live through. And so like to, to have people being like, you know, whether it's a documentary or just somebody saying like, Hey, you know, this is how it was or, or seeing a documentary and then like getting like firsthand accounts of like, Hey, this is actually like what it was like as we were living through it. And so like juxtaposing those things and like, was it, was it really this dramatic or, you know, was it, was it different? And, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I I was watching a lot of the and have been watching a lot of the WeWork things um because oh, the company yeah. I used to to uh work for had been acquired by WeWork and then was spun off and um apparently like it was uh some of it was like a little dramatized and some of it is actually like far more dramatic than like what they've portrayed in some of it like it just like some of it was just absolutely crazy from what what I was told, but you know, that's not quite huh. as historic as the three mile Island and other stuff. But anyway, just interesting to get like the first hand accounts versus like documentary and show accounts. It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting thing. Hmm. So cool. Um, all right. Last question then. Um, if, if you have any product uh, shout outs or, or gripes, anything that you've been using um, whether that's like technology or, or and like actual product, you know, physical products that you've found that have been really great or, or maybe not so great lately. Uh, I should have given this more thought beforehand. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, a lot of, <laughs> I use probably more software in my life than physical products to be, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> so I could give a, a bunch of shout outs for, for a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I spend, I spend a lot of my time, you know, kind of, using and experimenting with, with software and different platforms and different things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of, of one off the top of my head. Um, but there's actually, so a, a good physical product, I'll actually give, give my wife a shout out here. Um, she, uh, she's been doing a, uh, a thing called new skin recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like for skin clearing and things like mm-hmm. that. And I actually, I did a commercial for her. <laughs> um, I like did the, did the face thing and like wiped my face mm-hmm. and like did all this stuff. So, so that's been kind of fun. Um, because I'm like, I've been like shooting some of her content for her and like, you know, posting that and stuff like that. So it's been kind of a fun little joint venture business project. I mean, it's, it's her thing that she's doing, yeah. but like, I'm kind of I'm helping her in a small way. Um, but that's, that's pretty cool because she's, she's been, she's been doing it. I mean, she works as a, as a resident as well. Mm-hmm. So she's like working tons and tons of hours and then she's posting this and doing this and, and all this stuff too. So she's, she's hustling. She's getting after it. I, I love it. So That's, that sounds like it. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, to have any, to be a resident and have time to do just about anything sounds, uh, sounds like you really got to either be a glutton for punishment or just like not, not care about like resting at all. So Good, good for her. Like, yeah. Really, well, remember we, we don't have any kids. Yeah. So, uh, so we do still. have extra time. Yeah. It's yeah. still, so. Uh, awesome. All right, cool. Well, Dan, it's been, uh, it's been a real pleasure talking. Um, really appreciate the insight and, and everything that we've talked about. Where can people go to find out more about you and, uh, your company and, and anything else that you're working on? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to dappermobileapps.com. That's a very simple website uh, where you can get in touch with me. Um, also have a cool, um, you can find it on the website as well, but I have a cool new app we just launched called Mobile Domination, um, which is kind of an application of all the things that I talked about and that I teach about and do for our clients. Um, we go live in there. We do all kinds of different fun stuff and we have products and coupons and affiliate stuff and promotions and all kinds of, all kinds of really cool stuff inside of there. So, uh, but yeah, dappermobileapps.com would be the place to go. Okay. Sure. Awesome. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes and Dan, it has been a great conversation. Thank you again for joining. Thanks, Kyle. Awesome. Right. Appreciate it. Yep. Appreciate you. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at prod by design. That's prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter as well. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter product thinking at productthinking.cc. You can follow me on Medium at Kaya Larry Evans as well, or check out my Medium publication, uh, Product by Design. Thanks again.